DJ, PK, and Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider and Analyst for the Zone Sports Network, joining us. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. How How's everything? Well, you're doing well. You're coming to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line, so that makes everything okay. Get $100 off the redesigned <laughs> Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. All right, so you've had a couple days to compose yourself after the loss Friday night. I'm sure you were emotional <laughs> after that. Okay. Your big takeaway. Your big takeaway is. I don't. Ha- I don't know that I have one. I was hoping to, you made that sound so big, and then I didn't have one big takeaway <laughs> from that game. There's a lot to. I think there's lots of takeaways from from that game. Maybe the the uh, most concerning is the defensive backfield, which probably shouldn't be as concerning because. And I think that you and I talked about this on Friday, DJ. The the defensive backfield has been exposed in three games leading up to USC. And we just kept brushing over it and brushing over it and saying, well, you know, they shut down Northern Illinois in the second half. Or, well, they did this and this and that. But they were giving up a lot of passing yards. And then that, that really got exposed against a quality, a quality opponent and a receiving core that, that maybe Utah won't face as much talent going through the rest of the schedule, but they're going to face a lot of teams that know how to throw the ball really well starting this week. So that's the, I think that's the biggest concern for me about this football team. I still think the offensive line can get, you know, a little bit better. The fact that Tyler Huntley was forced to run the ball 18 times in that game, that's got to be a little bit of concern and, and although his percentage was good, his, his pass completion percentage was really good, um, just compare his, his productivity in terms of yardage to think, you're, you're like 140 yards difference on the same number of completions. Or maybe, maybe Fink had one less completion. So, so that's, you know, that's something that you, that you have to look at. And then, obviously, the mistakes and three points, in two trips inside the five-yard line. I mean, it was just kind of this, uh, you know, a perfect storm sort of thing that, that went against Utah. If you look at the numbers after the game without knowing the score, you might think, oh, yeah, this, you know, Utah probably figured out a way to win this one, but it's, it just turned out to be the – went the wrong way for the Utes on Friday night. Yeah, that's what Kyle said. We outstatted them, but it doesn't mean much unless you get the win. Uh, to me, yeah. the two biggest surprises were the over-the-top stuff and the penalties. I really don't have any explanation for either. Do you? Well, the penalties, I don't. Uh, you know, even Coach Whittingham got a penalty, and I, you know that that was kind of that was kind of strange. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin got involved with Ooh. the officiating crew Ooh. at USC. Was that? There you go. Is that league? Can I say that? Is that okay to say? Sure, why not? Fine. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe. You never know. The penalties I can't explain. The defensive backfield, you know, um, it's, I think it's just, like we said, maybe this, maybe this defensive backfield just isn't all that uh, we had hoped they would be or quite what we hoped they would be or, or, or whatever. Maybe they're not getting enough help up front and – 
you know, it's, it's, it's probably a combination of things. I will say that there were several, you know, there were a couple passes that were really good that would have been very difficult to defend. And even under good, with good defensive pressure, the passes were completed. So you just can't take that away from USC. There were a couple times balls over the top when people were in position to make a play and then just couldn't, didn't know how, didn't make a play on the ball. I, that happened at least twice, and, and so you scratch your head about that one. Um, so for, for me, at this point, the way that I look at this football team, there's you know, a lot of football left. They certainly have the talent to go through the South and figure out how to, you know, how to make a really good run in the South, but it feels like uh, there, there's the potential now that Utah's going to give up a lot of points in the passing game. If you watch, did you guys watch UCLA and Washington State? I mean, that that game was nuts. And if you're a Utah fan, then that should that should give you a little anxiety about the the way both of those teams were throwing the ball all over the field, and they're both going to face Utah this year. So, so if if that's true, if Utah's defensive secondary is not quite what they need to be, and they're going to give up some points, then Utah's going to have to figure out how to score some points on the other side of the ball. And that just, you know, it's not, it, it's not necessarily been what Utah, you know, what, what Utah's done really well in the past. It's, it's, it's not something I think we've relied on, but, but uh, that might have to change this year. They're going to have to become more productive on the offensive side, just based on this performance against USC. So, Frank, I'm sure all the teams that you played on, you know, the execution was crisp, blocking assignments were never botched. But, you know, for other people, that can be a problem. And for the Utes, that's part of their problem in the red zone. They had all these yards, but, you know, if you don't get the last yard or two, you get three or sometimes zero points instead of seven, and they're game changers. When they fumble right before the half, there's two unblocked guys in the backfield. One of them, Keithy's in motion, and he just whiffs. He just runs right by the guy and doesn't hit him. And uh-huh. then there was, I don't know, with the tackle and the, and the tight end, somebody messed up on the other side. I don't know which guy. How does that happen four games in on multiple plays. I mean, I just spotlighted one, but SC, he spent a lot of time in, in Utah's backfield, and Huntley was running for his life to make some of those plays. Yes. Well, I think part of it was just, you'd have to say, just mental mistakes, not, you know, not being where you're supposed to be, just, just kind of mistakes. And that, that'll, that'll happen. I mean, the other part of that is, and this this was a concern we talked about last week is that the the level of competition that Utah has played changed significantly on Friday night against USC. I mean, you're talking about leaps and bounds talent level at the defensive line compared to what they've faced. And if you know, this, this was the first situation where they were going to they they were going to face this adversity and and they you know they just didn't manage it perfectly well so i think that has a lot to do with it is coming into this game you just didn't have you didn't see the same strength speed mobility athleticism at the defensive line and then once you get close to the goal line everything speeds up everything becomes compact and execution has to become perfect at that point. So 
all of those factors came together to, to work against Utah. You know, the, the truth is now that they've had this adversity, I, you know, I think they can build from it. I think they can learn from it. But it just it made for an ugly performance uh, last weekend. I was really surprised that Kyle's talking about no one going undefeated in the South. To me, that's taking big picture, and they're so one game at a time there. You shouldn't really be worried about whoever's going to do what in November. You just got to worry about Washington State and, you know, Bill Belichick line. We're focused on whoever the next opponent is. But it seems to me, you know, obviously they know they're the overwhelming favorite. I'm just wondering if expectations are getting them to a little, uh, getting to them a little bit. Well, we, you know, that that was another thing that we we talked about. Could how is Utah going to manage being, you know, on top of the heap rather than playing the underdog role? And I thought that was interesting as well because I I don't think, you know, I, I'm not sure that Coach Whittingham. That's certainly not his mantra to talk about the overall picture. He is always the one game at a guy. Hey, we have this team coming up next. Maybe not like Belichick, but but this is who we have next, and we're going to get through the film, and then we're going to. You know, all we can do is what we can do. And so to have him say that, I think he's right. I mean, I, I don't think anybody goes through the South unscathed. Uh, I think U- USC probably has another loss or two on their schedule. And and Washington State, obviously not in the South, looks beatable. They, they, they come down here this week. And UCLA, certainly beatable. And Colorado, beatable. I mean, all the teams in the South are beatable. So I think he's right. But... It, it does it does tell you something about uh, what what the team's been listening to or what the team's heard or or the expectations of the team when when he says something like that uh, because we just it, it's just not how he typically operates so and the nice thing about coach coach Whittingham is I I think that he you know there's there's lots of I, I, I'm a big fan. There's lots of things people people say about. Him. I'm a huge fan of Coach Whittingham and what he does. And I think the best thing that he does is that he's just never too high, never too low, nice and steady. And he's going to manage this. I mean, gonna, there's probably going to be a little more intensity in practice and preparing this week. But but it's not going to change the expectation of the team. It's not going to change the workouts. Everybody knows what they're going to do on a Monday and they're going to go through their process and they're going to get themselves, get, get themselves ready to play uh, against Washington state, which is a significant challenge. But, but I, I guarantee you they'll be ready to play in that football game. So I know they don't like to talk about injuries, but that doesn't stop us, Frank. When you see, uh-uh. um, when, when you see Moss get up and, and hold the shoulder there, I mean, I don't know if you know the yeah. severity of it, but do you have any idea of a borderline timeline? You've seen injuries like that. Can you guess anything? So my guess, I've seen, an, I've seen that kind of fall several times. It didn't look like much, did it? I mean, he just kind of got landed on. Yeah. It didn't look like much. And in my experience, you know, I'm, I know this is no medical expertise here. I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I have no clue what's going on. But in my experience, that type of injury, that type of contact looks like either a collarbone or a separated shoulder. And, and both of those, I don't know what the time frame is, but it's, it's not like a one-week turnaround and coming back. Separated shoulder, maybe you can manage the pain a little bit, but that sucker is painful. So that would be my guess, and that's all it is, is a guess. And I would be, I'd be surprised if we saw 
uh, Zach Moss this weekend. But I was, you know, I, I thought I was encouraged by by the by the way Brumfeld run and ran and and Devonte Henry Cole and and they got a lot of productivity out of the running game. So uh, hopefully hopefully Utah can find that that same type of aggressiveness in the run game without Moss, but it sure makes it a little more difficult. Frank, we appreciate a few minutes. The therapy session will continue for you fans throughout the week. We'll talk to you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's disappointing for sure, but there's lots of football left to play. I, I, I do have some concerns. I think it just makes it more exciting. Going into this weekend, I mean, there's a big question mark about this Utah football team, and now we'll we'll see how they respond. Two teams coming off losses. I think that's a compelling matchup this weekend. Yeah, I agree, especially when you consider the expectations for both, and now one of them is going to start 0-2. I, I know. Isn't that crazy? Those two teams that I thought, hey, these, these two teams could be kind of leaders in their divisions, and, and here they are, backs against the wall. It's a great storyline. Thank you, Frank. Hey, thanks, you guys. Great to talk to you.